Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Tuesday, November 14th, 527 a.m. Central Time. A little bit lower trade in the grain markets this morning. December corn futures down three and three quarters at 473 and a half. January soybeans down 13 at 1369 and a half. December Chicago wheat down four and a quarter at 574 and three quarters. December Kansas City wheat down three and a quarter at 638 and a quarter. December spring wheat is up one and a quarter at 7.30. We had a hell of a rally in the soybean market yesterday. We sure did. The nearby January 24 contract gained 35 cents per bushel to post its best close since mid-September. The soybean meal market led the rally. The nearby December 23 meal contract posted fresh life of contract highs. Brazilian weather likely played a role. More hot and dry weather is expected in key central and northern areas. In addition, chatter regarding additional Chinese business circulated amid a U.S. visit from the country's president. The January soybean contract went up to this trend line again and kind of rejected it, um, depending on how you draw this trend line. So I don't know. Is it another rejection? I don't know. We're lower this morning. This could look a lot different by the time some of you guys watch this. These markets move quickly. The meal market led this deal, and uh, the meal market has been incredibly strong as of late. We've got this story that Argentina is going to run out of soybeans. The uh, CEO of ADM said that back on October 24th, I believe. There's also some chatter regarding a short squeeze on the commercial side, which I am not going to get into. I'm going to do that in the premium video today. But in any case, I think you've got three things going on here in beans. And in most situations, guys, nobody can tell you with a degree of certainty why the market is doing what it's doing. There are exceptions like Russia invades Ukraine. Yeah, that's why the market was up in that instance. Absolutely. In this instance, there's some debate here. The first thing is, is the Brazilian situation. Uh, central and northern areas are dry. They need rain. Planting is slow, uh, that sort of thing. The second thing I see is that uh, uh, President Xi is in the United States this week. He's in San Francisco, and they cleaned up the homeless problem, I guess, because of that. We won't get into politics. I'm just joking, guys. Uh, there's So because of that, there's chatter of more Chinese purchases. And um, we saw a flash sale yesterday. We'll get into that in a second. But chatter of maybe some additional stuff. And then the third thing is the is the meal rally. And uh, the meal rally has a lot to do with the situation in Argentina. They had less than half of a soybean crop last year. They're the world's top meal exporter. They're going to be way down. But there's also some chatter about some somebody being caught short here, which, again, I'm going to do in the premium stuff today. But uh, lots going on. Which one is which one is the cause for the rally? Uh, you tell me. I don't claim to know. On Monday, well-followed private group Ag Rural reduced its forecast for Brazil's 23-24 soybean crop due to hot, dry weather. The country's soybean crop is projected to reach 163.5 million tons, down from 164.6 million tons forecasted last month. As of last Thursday, 61% of the crop had been planted, down from 69% last year. Soybean planting this season is the slowest in in three years. AgRural also reported as of last week that 76% of Brazil's first 2024 corn crop had been planted. Last year at this time, 70% of the crop was planted. you got a couple groups, or actually several groups, that have already reduced their estimate of Brazil's soybean crop. Other people will tell you that it's too early for these sort of reductions. There's some chatter going around regarding reduced uh, seed corn seed purchases 
for the second crop because profitability is not there. It's going to be late. Is that part of the reason the corn market rallied yesterday? Yeah, maybe. Uh, I didn't mention this at the top. The corn market posted a key reversal to the upside. And just like most technical indicators, key reversal is good about half the time. But um, in any case, you look at the Brazilian weather and the situation, uh, the forecast has not changed a ton versus yesterday. Uh, your central and northern areas that are dry are going to stay dry really through Sunday. But then you look at this out through 10 days and that, let's say, six to 10 day period introduces a whole bunch of rain for a lot of areas. You're talking an inch, two inches, three inches, four inches of rain for these key soybean areas. So I think a lot could hinge on whether or not these rains next week are reality. And, um, you know, the forecast changes several times per day. So the markets could kind of ebb and flow with the forecasts uh, to some extent. So if you guys have not already checked out our premium content, you need to do so. You're not going to find content like this anywhere else. Joe, can you tell me about the video you put together yesterday? Yesterday, I did a grain marketing review. So uh, of one of the many things that we do for the premium subs is track everything that I advise when it comes to grain marketing. So yesterday, I ran through three marketing years worth of corn, soybeans, and winter wheat. What have I advised? We track all of our sales. Um, these are cash sales. Uh, recommendations by crop, by crop year, by percentage. We list the dates when the sales were advised, the fill prices uh, versus the corresponding futures contracts, although we recommend that this is all cash. This is very much geared toward the cash-only grain marketer. I think I advised one option trade uh, for corn and one for soybeans last year, but you could have very easily gotten by without them. So if you guys are looking for a more simple transparent approach to grain marketing. I don't claim to know where the markets are going. I'm not a predictor of prices, but this is a super transparent, simple um, way to track uh, what I'm doing at least. And maybe a simpler approach is something that you guys need. I think the grain marketing industry personally has made this way too complicated. I think some of you guys make this way too hard on yourselves. Grain marketing is not easy, but it, it and it's not easy. Don't ever let anybody tell you that, but it doesn't need to be super complicated. So if you guys wanna see a simpler approach, Give the premium subscription a shot. I'll forward you a copy. Uh, sign up this morning. I'll forward you a copy of this morning's email. You'll see the six most recent premium videos. You'll see all my grain marketing recommendations. Remember, guys, by signing up for the premium sub, you are supporting what we're doing here on the podcast. We have no sponsors. This is a self-sponsored deal. The premium subs allow us to get up early every morning and put this thing together. Uh, podcast pays us nothing. YouTube pays us enough to keep the lights on, basically. This is a $50 per month subscription. Cancel at any time. No other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else. And when I say nobody will try to sell you anything else, I mean, like, literally, once you sign up for the email list, you can get the text if you want. I'm never going to call you ever. You'll never hear from us ever again unless you want to. So check that out this morning, guys. So USDA reported flash sales of U.S. soybeans and corn on Monday. U.S. exporters sold 204,000 metric tons of soybeans to China for delivery during the current marketing year. Exporters also sold 143,637 metric tons of corn to Mexico for delivery during the current marketing year. Since the beginning of November, there have been nine flash soybean sales totaling 3.2 million, million metric tons. So China's still in the market for some more beans. Uh, all of those flash sales that were reported last week, like it was almost 3 million, those will be uh, featured in this Thursday's weekly export sales report. So you're going to see a big number on Thursday. But it's good to see the demand. And again, Gia's in town. 
Uh, I believe Wednesday, tomorrow is the meeting with Biden. I don't know if anything's going to come of that, but there's some chatter about some additional business. U.S. row crop harvest is nearing completion. The U.S. corn crop was 88% harvested nationally through Sunday compared to 86% on average. The U.S. soybean crop was 95% planted through Sunday compared to 91% on average. Michigan and Pennsylvania have been especially slow in regard to corn harvest. U.S. corn, uh, excuse me, U.S. winter wheat plantings were 93% complete. The crop was 47% good to excellent, down from 50% last week. Yeah, winter wheat ratings about average or slightly better. Same story uh, since last week, basically. You got better ratings in the Midwest. Southern Plains are, are not nearly as good, or Southern Central Plains, because there's still some drought issues there. U.S. soybean shipments declined last week. USDA reported that 1.67 million metric tons of soybeans were inspected for export during the week ending November 9th. The print fell below pre-report estimates and was down 24% compared to the previous week and 18% versus the same week last year. Corn shipments increased 6% versus the prior week at 608,810 metric tons. Wheat shipments were reported at 207,205 metric tons, up up a whopping 81% compared to the prior week and 22% versus the same week last year. 1.7 million in soybeans uh, for this time of year is really not that great. Uh, we need to be doing better. Given these uh, additional sales, could we hit USDA's export target? Yeah, we absolutely could. But uh, that's assuming that China takes delivery of everything that they've bought. And there had already been chat. I mean, the minute that the sales were reported last week, people were already talking about, oh, well, what if they cancel them? You know, they bought corn and canceled it uh, earlier this year. What if they do the same thing in soybeans? And, and a lot of that is going to hinge on just how big the Brazilian crop is, what they're able to buy from Brazil and at what price. Large money managers increased their net short position in the corn market last week. During the week ending November 7th, the funds were net sellers of 21,000 contracts of corn, the funds were net buyers of 45,000 contracts of soybeans, and the funds were net buyers of 17,000 contracts of SRW wheat for the week. Funds building a net larger net short in corn, and now they're net long, what I would call it, it's not a big net long in soybeans, but it's it's modest, and, and that's despite the fact that you've got all this carry in the market. It's an interesting setup. Uh, the spring wheat market is extremely interesting. Funds are record net short the spring wheat or Minneapolis wheat market. Um, just because the funds are record net short doesn't mean the market has to rally necessarily. What you need is some sort of catalyst to inspire a short covering event, and uh, you could be waiting on that longer than you'd like to. Treasury yields were narrowly mixed on Monday as investors prepared for today's October CPI report. The report is forecast to show that inflation is continuing to cool at a rate of 3.3% down from 3.7% in September. The report is not expected to shift the Fed's anticipated plan for another rate pause in December. However, if the report comes in hotter than expected, rate cuts will likely be pushed further into 2024. The report will be released here this morning at 7.30 Central Time. So we all know that compared to pre-COVID uh, pricing of consumer goods, everything's up, what, 20, 30, 40%, whatever. This 3.3% CPI that they're anticipating, that's the annualized change. And and I would agree with a lot of you guys in saying that, yeah, the the real, real, in air quotes, inflation number is is quite a bit higher than what the um, government has led on. In any case, interest rates are what is of importance to a lot of you guys. I know a lot of you guys borrow 
a lot of money. Farming is expensive. So next year, the, the general consensus in treasury markets is that you're going to see cuts and, and cuts uh, throughout the course of the calendar. You're totaling 75 basis points. There is a, a few groups, UBS being one of them, who are looking for much larger rate cuts. Uh, UBS strategists predict two, uh, 275 basis points of cuts starting in March. So they think that the Fed fund rate is going to fall from like, what is it now, five and a quarter, five and a half yeah. to uh, 2.5 by the end of 2024. So there are some people who are uh, a little bit um, more outlandish in their calls for rate cuts, which seems to be a little bit premature to me, but that's what's floating around out there this morning. What did cattle do yesterday? Uh, cattle futures had a positive day on Monday. Feeder cattle futures closed an average of a buck thirty-three higher. Live cattle futures closed an average of sixty-six cents higher. Box beef was mixed yesterday. Choice end of the day at two ninety-seven eighty-five. That was down two sixty-one. Select end of the day at two sixty-nine twenty-four. That was up a buck eighty-two. Outside markets pretty quiet. U.S. dollars off just a little bit. Stocks are about flat. Bonds about flat. Crude oil is up 11 cents in the December WTI at 78.37. Have a great day, guys. We'll talk to you Wednesday.